fight begin! Welcome to It's Real to Us, the Wrestling Podcast. What's going on, you guys? Anthony the Mark, Tony the Father, and Nate Diggity Dog are in-house today reviewing and recapping everything that happened on the January 15th edition of Monday Night Raw. But before we get there, as a reminder, you can find us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at It's Real to Us. Over on YouTube, we're at It's Real to Us 1. But enough about that. We're talking about Monday Night Raw. And if you happen to miss the show, don't worry about it. Because we got Tony the Father and yours truly ready to break down everything you might have missed with the fastest Raw recap. Kicking off Raw, Drew Carey McIntyre came on down and interrupted Cody Bob Barker Rhodes. In a battle of words, the former Dashing Ones showcased their stories. But... We know the price can only be right for one of these men to win the Royal Rumble. As a reminder, have your pets spayed or neutered. DIY pounded a couple of Judgment Day lights. Dominic Mysterio and J.D. McDonough. With the B-team silence, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano are ready to step up to Mr. T and the A-team. Finn Balor and Damian Priest. I pity the fool who misses that tag team match. After selling bootlegged Judgment Day t-shirts in the parking lot with Little Jimmy, R-Truth almost bribed his way into the group. Damian Priest took thousands of dollars and gave Truth orders for their tag team match. Don't tag in, but Truth fumbled the bag of money and disobeyed his orders. So reluctantly, Damian Priest had to take his dog, Old Yeller R-Truth, out back and put him down for the one, two, three. The Judgment Day defeats the awesome truth. WWE, are you kidding me? Two women's tag team matches in one episode of Raw? What the fuck? The Suicide Hotline is lighting up tonight. Hartwell LeRae and Baszler Stark pick up the wins. And I can almost guarantee you that no one gives a shit. When Sasha and Naomi come back, you can wake me up. Until then, next, Imperium's King, Gunther, returned to praise his Lord Commander, Ludwig Kaiser, for putting Kofi Kingston's head on a fucking spike. But then, the New Day's King, Xavier Woods, made his triumphant return and challenged Kaiser. Fueled by revenge, Xavier hit Ludwig with a chair and got disqualified. Even though Kaiser won the battle, the war between Imperium and the New Day is just getting started. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Maxine Herb Brooks Dupree will the scrappy Akira Tazawa to a win against the overwhelming favorite, Ivar. But then the miracle on ice was cut short after the Vikings, Ivar and Valhalla dropped their gloves and barbarically beat down both Tazawa and Dupree. Mommy and the man circled each other like cougars, ready to tear each other apart. Both women want to be the top star, but Becky Lynch knows Mommy's always on top. 
the man intends to win the Royal Rumble and challenge Rhea Ripley to prove to herself that she's still the best. Will we see Mommy versus the man at WrestleMania 40? Shut up and take my money. Never will we ever hinder the gender again. Despite coming up short to Seth Rollins in their world heavyweight title match, the modern day Maharaja proved he's deserving of more TV time. Jinder's on. Hadja, 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 hadja. Man, I love this guy. As for the champ Seth Rollins, he stopped his way to victory, but the win may have cost the champion in the long run. Sadly, Rollins sustained a legitimate injury. Hopefully it's nothing crazy, but if it's serious, the WrestleMania plans could be up in the air. Hello everyone and welcome to It's Real to Us, the wrestling podcast. I'm Anthony the Mark, joined alongside Nate Diggity Dog. Woof woof! And Tony the Father. Take two, baby! Unfortunately, everything we just recorded, poof, gone, thin air, ceases to exist. I am happy to see my man Mark, though, with a smile, because about five, ten minutes ago, I said to myself, nervous fucking breakdown. Uh, he wanted to punch a hole through the wall. He definitely he wanted look to good, do that. He didn't look good, did he? He didn't look no, good he, at all. He definitely wanted to punch a hole through the wall. No, he, he definitely did. I think he did maybe with his mind. And then after that, he was just like, all right, let's go do this, guys. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I don't know. There some suicidal thoughts on his face. I'm glad you got through it, I Mark. Pre- you look good. So this is take two. So what? I was very upset. And I, the reason I was so mad was because it's my fault. I did something wrong. And it just cost us 30 minutes. But I appreciate both of you. You guys were able to snap me right back into it. I feel better already going through this take. So it's going to be a lot, Chris, for the first 30 minutes because it's rehearsed, baby. Yo. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. So with that being said, I figured a fun way to start the show for the second time could be going over our fuck, marry, and kill edition of breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So here are the guidelines. If you want to... Have a one-night stand. You're on death row. You get one meal. It's either going to be breakfast, lunch, or dinner. That's your fuck. If you want a meal that you're going to have every single day for the rest of your life, you can only have breakfast, you can only have lunch, you can only have dinner, that's the one you marry. And if you kill a meal, you never have it again. So, Tony, we're going to kick it over to you and start. I absolutely am going to marry breakfast. I am in love with breakfast. It's my favorite meal of the day. I think about it when I get up, and I am marrying breakfast. I am killing lunch. Fuck lunch. It gets in the way. I'm too busy anyway. And I am going to fuck the shit out of my steak and potato, baby. Oh, yeah. I like the answer. What is your go-to breakfast meal? As of late, believe it or not, oatmeal with blueberries and strawberries. Oh, that's lame. Oh, that is lame. That's not even breakfast. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Dunked ahead on a toasted sesame bagel, double egg, sausage, Cheddar cheese and ketchup with a large coffee. Now we're getting some. That's an order. That that is an order. All right, Nate, how about you? So I really don't eat breakfast that much, so I'm definitely gonna fucking kill uh, breakfast. Smother that breakfast, yeah, son of a bitch. No one gives a fuck about it. I am definitely gonna marry dinner, and then I'm gonna fuck lunch. Tony, you were wrong. Anthony, if yours is the same, which I think it will be, you rock. Well, before I give you my answer, I just kind of want to dive into your. <coughs> 
We know your answer. This is take two, baby. That's why I said I think I know your answer. I have a <laughs> premonition. All right. I can see in the crystal ball. All right. But the listeners don't know, so pipe down for a minute. Let's talk about Nathan lunch for a second, okay? Yeah. If you were having one fuck lunch, you can only have this one time for the rest of your life, what is it? Slap that salami. Let's go, baby. <laughs> no, I don't think I could go salami. <laughs> I don't. I don't Slap know. Slap the salami, Nate. No, nah, I don't think I go salami. I think I go with a nice bacon cheeseburger for lunch. Uh, I thought you were gonna go with that hot dog sliding down your throat. <laughs> you didn't have to do that sound effect, <laughs> Nathan. I unfortunately now have to side with you after that <laughs> that noise. But I too would kill breakfast. I would fuck lunch, and I would marry dinner so now you gotta say so if you had gun to head one lunch what will you, your lunch oh be? for fuck like yeah for the fuck i can only have it one, one time one time i love yeah. how i'm asking the questions if as if i didn't present it yeah i know <laughs> okay i have it actually chicken quesadillas yeah i knew you were gonna go with some type of chicken dish liar chipotle yeah, but that that falls under the Mexican umbrella. Yeah, all right, quesadillas, chipotle. Quesadilla bowls. Yeah, same stuff. Potato, potato. Yeah, something potato, Mexican potato. for uh, lunch. All right, fair enough. All right, Mexican. So let us know what you guys think at all of our socials. That was some pretty good banter, guys. I think I think we should do it twice every time. Um, no, thank you. No, thank you. We'll be here forever. Yeah, well, you want us to be here for three hours? I do have work in the morning. All right, well. Hey, I got an important question, though. Yeah. Make sure it's taped, please. I'm going to do that right Check now. Check it right now before we go any further. Yeah, I, I side with Tony. All right, let's talk about Raw. Monday night Raw breakdown. Breakdown. Okay, so we are going to start with the main event where Seth Rollins successfully retained the World Heavyweight Championship against Jinder Mahal in a match that I personally think exceeded any and all expectations. Into sheer, Damian Priest, a hobbled leg, and even the resurging Jinder Mahal couldn't stop the champion. But the big talking point around this is that apparently Rollins was legitimately hurt. He was helped to the backstage area, but was eventually able to put weight on his leg, albeit with a limp. And I have just been informed by Tony that he actually has some news regarding Rollins' injury. Seth Rollins' injury is, in fact, real. He is having x-rays and MRIs done Wednesday or Thursday. That's when WWE is going to let the wrestling world know how significant the injury is. And it is believed, it is very possible, it could be a bad injury where he's going to have to relinquish the title. You heard it here. You're totally wrong, Tony. This is totally a work. WWE is just putting out this stuff because they want you to think that. It's the exact same stunt that they pulled when they tried to do this for CM Punk. Would you call it fake news? Fake real news, I guess you could call it. <laughs> because they want you to think this so that you have these ideas. But meanwhile, Seth Rollins is going to have a promo this upcoming week. He's going to come out. It's going to sound like he's relinquishing the title. And then he's going to be like, I am keeping this title. I'm going to defend it each and every week. Blah, blah, blah. That's what's going to happen. I absolutely disagree because Seth Rollins is not in the plans the next couple of weeks with Royal Rumble coming around. He doesn't have a match. There's no reason to make believe that he's hurt. You don't need a storyline that he's hurt for him to come back. So I absolutely believe that this is not a work, 
and we're going to find out by the end of the week. It's also possible that he is legitimately hurt, but the severity isn't that bad where he's going to need to relinquish the title, and he will be at WrestleMania. So like Tony said, we're going to have to wait and see, but in the interim... Right now, Nathan, you kind of referred to it. We can go down all of these different avenues of opportunities and different possibilities that could happen with Seth Rollins being out. So, first and foremost, who would become the World Heavyweight Champion? Well, how I look at it is uh, I think it would be cool, especially with Damian Priest as Senior Money in the Bank. You get Finn Balor versus Damian Priest for the World Heavyweight Championship. Finn Balor has been trying to get this champion for the longest time. He fought Rollins night in, night out, each and every week, pay-per-view after pay-per-view, to get that World Heavyweight Championship. Never could beat him. And then you got Damian Priest, Mr. Money in the Bank. Also, you got the storyline of Judgment Day. Is this the culmination of the demise of Judgment Day? It probably wouldn't be the main event that you would think, you know... Rollins would have been. It could be, depending on how the the storyline is built and everything. But I I think that'd be a, a cool pivot if WWE did something like that. Here's my immediate thought to hearing that is: Does Damian Priest get gifted the World Heavyweight Championship if Rollins is well, out? He he cashes in at WrestleMania. That's his cash. But in. there's no champion right now, so why couldn't he just cash in on a vacant title? I don't think that's ever happened where a champion had to give up their title. Uh uh-uh, uh, you're wrong. 2020. Oscar won and won the Raw Women's Championship because Becky was pregnant. That's my point exactly, though, is that because she had the Money in the Bank briefcase, she just became the champion. Yeah, so Why you, wouldn't the same thing happen with Damian Priest? Uh, it could, and that would be a cool way to start the build for that match, and I, I, I like the idea of that. What are we, in China now? Was this the communist regime? We're just going to point till we feel like it? you got to have a tournament. Well, who makes Damian Priest the head guy? What about Jey Uso? What about Drew McIntyre? There's a whole list of superstars that deserve it just as much as Damian. And how cool would it be to have a tournament if Seth Goffin is hurt? Seth, I hope you're not. But if he is, it would be so cool to have a tournament because how relevant would the Royal Rumble win it be then? I'm not saying this is a good thing, but a silver lining from Rollins being hurt is that it makes the Royal Rumble that much more unpredictable. It'd be cool to see the World Heavyweight Championship up in the Elimination Chamber because I can't remember the last time we had a major title defended in the Elimination Chamber. So that'd be something cool that they could possibly do for for that as well. I like that take, Nate Dog. That's that's actually a good take. You know, I, I, get, I get a couple once in a while. Once in a while. If well, I was well, you, I'd forward an email to Triple H and see maybe, you know. You know you what? Get... I'll do that tomorrow. I'm going to forward Triple H. Does anyone know? You, you work for WWE. Nope. What's his, what's his no, email? I don't know, and I don't even want to go down the rabbit hole. I am very appreciative for the relationships I still have at WWE and want to do everything to maintain them. So no email from me. It's not like Triple H, like HHH at no. WWE. <laughs> better off with a fucking loudspeaker standing outside in WWE and screaming at it. Maybe I'll hear through the window or something because he's not going to answer any one of our emails. Well, how do you know that? I got some pull. Yeah, with your right hand. <laughs> how do you know I'm not a lefty? Either or. Nathan actually is lefty. Hey, there you go. Excuse me, I'm wrong. With your left hand. Yeah, exactly. Make sure you get the facts right, Tony. <laughs> okay, let's, let's dial it back. So, once again, let's just say we don't want Seth Rollins to be hurt. He has been a fighting champion. It's a bit ironic if he does have to relinquish the title because he has been a working champion. He's fought through pain. That's been his whole gimmick. And ultimately, you knew his body was going to give out on him. So it would be appropriate if this is how the title reign came to an end and just caused chaos before the Royal Rumble. But, once again, we don't want that. I I think I might be talking myself into it, but I I don't want that. I want Seth Rollins to be healthy, and I want him versus Punk and Night 1 at WrestleMania. So thoughts and prayers. Hopefully he's okay. But let's dial it back into the match because we got to talk about Jinder Mahal. How do we think the modern-day Maharaja did Tony? Jinder Mahal 
basically six weeks ago, you were like, Jinder who? Now, the guy is relevant. He had the promo with The Rock, which was incredible. He shows up with his two cronies, and he should have beat Seth on two or three different times. I was sitting there, oh, my God, Seth's going to lose. And so, you know what? I love Jinder. I'm glad he got a little fucking push. It was nice to see him. We'll see him in the Rumble. boy, Jinder. Yeah, I agree with you, 100%. Uh, thought it was really good. Uh, flashbacks to watching Friday Night SmackDown. Jinder Mahal versus Randy Orton. Me watching it with Anthony. And Jinder Mahal beats Randy Orton. We both look at each other like, what the heck just happened? And he did it by beating him with the Coloss. And he hit that against Seth Rollins late in the match. I thought it was going to be one, two, three. And when Seth Rollins kicked out, I was in shock. The WWE did a wonderful job with this match. Yeah, to your point, Nate, just piggybacking off that, WWE threw everything they could at you to make you think that Jinder was going to win this match. Oh, shit. He's got fucking Indus Sheer with him. Two fucking giant guys. Oh, I, I wonder if they're going to factor in. Damian Priest shows up. He's sitting at ringside with money in the bank. So there were all these different ways they tried to get you to buy into the idea of Jinder winning the match. And kudos to WWE because I hand up for a half a second, half a second, no longer, thought Jinder was going to win the title. Agreed with you 100%. And if that. you told me that in the beginning of the day, I would have laughed in your face. Everyone would have. WWE Creative, great job. I also think you got to thank Tony Khan a little bit. His tweet definitely got the uh, the Jinder fans up and out of their seat. I think this match is not as big if Tony Khan doesn't give that tweet. Absolutely. So I personally think Jinder's earned more TV time going forward. What about you guys? I mean, I think he's going to be in the Rumble, and I think he's going to show some promise in the Rumble. I can see a Mania match if he continues like this. He is like the NFL quarterback. He's the backup quarterback. So for two or three games, he's going, oh, this guy's got he's got it. Then he's going to fall back down to earth. So let's see him in the Rumble, and then let's see which way we're going to go with him. But I don't see a big push, and I don't see a WrestleMania match for Jinder Mahal. Can I call something right now? Your Andre the Giant Battle Memorial winner at WrestleMania will be Jinder Mahal. Calling it right now. He came in second one year, right? When Mojo won because of Gronk. Oh, right? yeah. I was going to say Gronk won, but it's like, yeah, no, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it was Mojo. It was Mojo Raleigh. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with Jinder moving forward. But like we just said, he's earned more time on TV. But, Tony, I think you're spot on with that analogy. Backup quarterback, two, three weeks, someone's hurt. You need a new challenger, freshen up the scene, Jinder's your guy. You put him out there for a month, he gets exposed, throws a couple of interceptions. So let's go ahead and move on. I want to talk about a couple of the other men who were involved in the main event, and that is Damian Priest and Drew McIntyre. They fought at ringside to the back, and next week it was announced that they are going to fight in what I presume will be the main event. So from the hip, Nate, who do you think needs this win more? So I'm going to answer that in a very different way. I am going to answer it on who could afford the loss more. And I clearly think it's Drew. And here's why. Drew has been getting pinned left and right. Yet we've been saying, I think consistently, that he is one of the biggest things in WWE right now. And... I just don't see why he can't have another loss and still be one of the biggest things. Meanwhile, you have Damian Priest, who's the undisputed tag team champions with Finn Balor and Judgment Day. He really doesn't compete in the one-on-one matches, and I feel like, especially because he's sitting your money in the bank, people forget about how big of a threat he actually is because he hasn't really successfully cashed in the money in the bank. He's had so many failures at it, so 
I just think this would be a big win for him. Okay, so you think Damian needs it more. Tony, what about you? Before we get into this, before I'm going to disagree with you, does anyone feel like the movie Groundhog Day? I kind of do. Because we're doing this over and over We've been again. doing this over and over. We're getting pretty good at it, too. So what to Tony's referring to, <laughs> and we, we already mentioned it earlier, we had... Uh, Just take three, baby. <laughs> we're, on, we're on take three. We've had a couple of technical issues. I was maxed out on my storage, on my computer, and I didn't realize, and we just kept going and going and wasting time. So yes, this is the third time, and yes, it, they have all been my fault, but we're resilient. We're not done yet. I don't care if we got to do it a fourth time. Tony, I know who you think needs to win more, but tell the people. What do you think? Without a doubt, Drew McIntyre needs this match more than Damian Priest. Damian Priest is the tag team champ. Damian Priest has money in the bank. Damian Priest has the funniest and best storyline going right now with R-Truth. What has Drew got? He got beat by Seth Rollins. He might not have a job. And his mother's dead. Drew needs this so bad. You always mention Drew's mom dying for some reason. I was wondering when it was coming. And it lands every time. It, it made me chuckle. But I'm not... Now I feel like a dick because I'm laughing It's not at a his... joke. His mother's dead. That's why it's funny because it's real. All right. Let's get back to the wrestling talk. Tony, I 100% agree with you. I do think that Drew needs this win more. But at the same time, I understand where you're coming from, Nathan, because it fits McIntyre's story if he keeps losing and he's spiraling. Let's leave it there. We'll see who wins next week, but we got to talk about Drew and Damian a lot now because they were all over the fucking show. So Cody Rhodes opened the show. He cut a promo pretty much talking about the Royal Rumble, and out came Drew McIntyre. The two showed some mutual respect while talking about their history as the dashing ones and then how both men left the company and then came back years later, bigger and better stars than before they left. But the main difference and the main takeaway is that Drew McIntyre finished his story to a degree and became WWE champion. Cody has not done that yet. So overall, what did we think about them coming face-to-face? -face? I like it. I, you know, Drew's telling Cody, hey, you think the Royal Rumble is yours? I'm still relevant. I got beat by Seth. Things are not going my way, but you know what? I'm going to be in the Rumble, pal. And he was being nice to Cody. He was saying, hey, listen, kid, your time is going to come, but it's just not now. I agree with uh, some of your points there, Tony, but uh, I kind of did not like this at all. I was really hoping that CM Punk was going to come out, and we found out that that's going to happen next week on Raw. It just seemed a little flat to me. They're not going to be fighting, it seems like, anytime soon. I mean, it seems like Cody's going to go on his own story. They're going and, to the Rumble. I'm talking one-on-one. -on -one. Like, they're not going to face but each But this other. is all about building towards the Rumble. That's all. It's I, I get that, but I, I just I just wasn't a fan of it. It was a great promo. It was intense. It, it brought back their history. The both men showed emotion, and it created new intrigue on a possible showdown in the rumble i think it accomplished a shit ton it could have been a little bit better you had a couple other people come in and just didn't have to be drew with cody one-on-one -on -one. they talk i totally understand where you're coming from it would have been nice to see cm punk come out and get in cody rhodes's face but you know cm punk's busy what do you wrestle like four times in the last two weeks not on television no shit he hasn't done anything that's my point and not for nothing like nathan said Cody Rhodes and CM Punk are going face-to-face -face next week. Can you wait till next week? I mean, I can now, but I just thought that was... I didn't like the promo. I just thought it was... All right. He didn't like it. He don't like breakfast, though. What the fuck? You didn't like that either. I won't yuck your yum. You don't yuck my yum. What the fuck does that mean? Yuck I've your yum. That. Yuck your yum pretty much means don't be a buzzkill. And 
if I'm about to like bite a sandwich, don't be like, oh yeah, I had that sandwich. It sucks. Shout out Dom that one time we went to Wendy's. That's all relevant, but where the well-a-vent, fuck is That's all relevant? Yeah, that's whatever. all, folks. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's fucking 10 o'clock. It's stroke time for the father. What do you expect? <laughs> Yuck your yum? I never heard of that in my fucking life. Hey, Tony, you're not the only one here. What, are you making this up, Mark? It is slang, and it is to disparage someone's tastes or preferences. How long has this slang statement in the English language been around? I've known it my entire life. Well, you are obviously more articulate than Nathan and myself. So good for you. Good for you. All right, let's move on. Early in the night, Priest and R-Truth came to an agreement. After giving Damien a fat stack of cash, Truth was allowed to continue to sell his knockoff Judgment Day merch. But only if... Truth didn't tag in during their tag team match later on. Our truth agreed, and it seems like there's a bit of a friendship blossoming between Damian Priest and Truth, wouldn't you say, Tony? You want to give me five grand? I'll be your fucking friend. What do you think? He's trying to buy his way into the judgment day. He sold some fucking shirts. He sold some drugs. Who knows where he got the money? But he got the money, and he kicked it to Damian Priest. What did Damian do? Did he take the money or did he return the money? He said, R-Truth, you're out. Then he said, whoa, okay, this is my cut. Okay, R-Truth, this is what I want you to do. You better not tag in and keep giving me five grand. So, you know what? I would have did the same thing, Damien. I would have took the money. I love R-Truth. Honestly, I don't care what anyone says. You can say Roman, you can say Rollins, you can say CM Punk. R-Truth is the best thing in WWE right now. Best thing in WWE. And... I am even going to say this right now. Survivor Series, two people returned. R-Truth and CM Punk. R-Truth <laughs> Randy been- Orton. Just continuing <laughs> to take Ricochet after Ricochet. The, the disrespect. Who? Randy who? <laughs> the disrespect. Randy oh, who? There were three returns. R-Truth, Randy Orton, and CM Punk. R-Truth has clearly been the best one since he returned. I, I have to agree with Nate Dogg. Maybe not from a wrestling point of view or he's going to win a title, but from the entertainment value alone, R-Truth is head and shoulders, and he has been phenomenal. I don't think you could say he's head and shoulders. That's kind of disparaging both Randy Orton and CM Punk, who have not no, only... disagree. Orton's been a workhorse, and CM Punk, every single time he comes out, it's must-see TV. Okay, and you're telling me anytime our truth comes out, it's not no, must see TV. I'm not saying that you're wrong. In fact, I agree with you that our truth is probably the hottest thing in WWE right now. But what I'm saying to say he's head and shoulders above everyone else is a little out there. Randy had a couple of matches. That's all you've seen him. CM Punk hasn't done shit. So how can you say CM Punk's even in the same breath as our truth right now? R-Truth is absolutely the highlight of WWE right now. You can't take that away. When push comes to shove, if R-Truth is on the TV in WWE, you need to watch it. If CM Punk or Roman Reigns is, is on it, you you should watch it. Do you need to watch it? I don't think so. You, Roman Reigns, you need to watch it. Eh, I don't know about you that. You need to nah, watch Roman, it. Roman, you need to watch yeah. Come on. Ro- You're going to put R-Truth over Roman Reigns? Right now? Absolutely. Nah, nah, no, no way. In it, WWE. I mean that. The Hottest thing in WWE right now. From a financial point of view, R-Truth is definitely the hottest superstar on the roster right now because he surpassed CM Punk in merchandise sale. So you're definitely right in some regard, Nathan. There are a couple of awesome t-shirts out right now. R-Truth with Tom and Nick Mysterio. Two pictures of Dominic and it's just R-Truth in the middle. Have you seen that one? I have not. There's the live, laugh, love one with all I've of them together. So, How old is R-Truth now? Is he like 52? I actually don't know. Can you give it a quick Google search? R-Truth is uh, going to be 
52 in three days. Wow. Oh, wow. Happy wow. early birthday, our truth Our truth Happy birthday, buddy. You want to give a round of applause to our truth Oh, round of applause for our truth please. While we're talking about our truth and the Judgment Day, we got to talk about the awesome truth versus Damian Priest and Finn Balor. Our truth was all types of confused. He didn't want to hit Balor. He didn't want to hit Priest. But then eventually he started fighting back and he made a tag, which Damian told him earlier in the night, don't tag. And Damian reluctantly hit a South of Heaven chokeslam and won the match for the Judgment Day. So, Nate, what did you think about this match and this segment in its entirety? I mean, R-Truth is just hysterical. During the match, The money, all the money dropped and he's just starting to put it in Finn's pockets. Hysterical. R-Truth knows how to get the crowd going, knows how to entertain, which is the main part part of, of WWE. Anything R-Truth does, I love, so I can't complain about this. See, but R-Truth's problem is he wants to be, we talked about this, he wants to be in Judgment Day, but he doesn't want to be in Judgment Day. Damian Priest gave him specific instructions. Do not tag in. Do what you got to do. Make sure we win the match. What did you see from R-Truth during the match? He tagged in. He tried to pin Finn Balor a couple times. He did. So he's not doing what he's supposed to. Finally, thank God, Damian Priest saw through the act and put Truth down. So I think you're going to see now the Judgment Day with our truth coming in there, you're going to see it less and less likely. Judgment Day still won, so... Our truth has not helped the Judgment Day in any way. He's been a roadblock for them, and he has caused them more harm than good, despite giving them thousands of dollars in t-shirt revenue. Our truth has had... Ample time to prove himself 100% that he belongs in the Judgment Day. Damian Priest has been offering him an olive branch week after week, and Truth just does not 100% commit because he's not sure he wants to be there. I completely agree, Tony, but I think there's one issue we're all overlooking a lot. I think our truth is just really stupid, and he just does not know what he's doing. I think he wants to be helpful, but he can't comprehend what's going on. He's just a happy-go-lucky idiot moron. He, he wants to appease everyone. He wants to make everybody happy. He doesn't want to hurt no one's feelings. So unfortunately, he's not making a choice, and they're going to make the choice for him. So you think, Tony, that this is it for our truth with the Judgment Day? It's going to happen less and less? I think this is the writing on the wall. He might have one more chance. Unless he really steps up, like I said two weeks ago, he's got to hit Miz in the back of the head and cost him the victory or do something to prove his worth to Judgment Day. I think it's going to be coming to an end around the Rumble. So I disagree with you, and this is the reason why. A report came out that Damian Priest wanted to extend the storyline between the Judgment Day and our truth And now, over the last few weeks, you've seen their relationship start to blossom. Damien has let loose and shown that he likes our truth Does that factor into maybe the destruction of the Judgment Day? I mean, maybe is around the corner. If you want to get maybe Finn Balor versus Damien Priest, why not have Priest and Truth start working together? I like that idea. I think Damien and our truth would be great together. I don't know if that's the route WWE would want to go right now. We also forget Damien Priest has money in the bank. That's got to culminate eventually. Damien Priest is not stupid. He likes our truth. Damien Priest is the most serious guy. But when our truth's around, 
He gets the smile. He starts to laugh. He loosens up. So he actually likes our truth but is he going to let our truth blow the judgment day up? Fuck no. I also don't think Rhea would allow it to happen. You're, you're probably right. It doesn't make sense for them to blow up but with Mania around the corner my mind just kind of immediately goes Anything to... Anything is possible with Mania right around the corner. I agree with that. Exactly. So... I just want more of this. That's all I'm saying. Agreed. Agreed with you 100% on that. I want more of this as well. Okay, cool. So let's leave that there, and let's talk about a colossal showdown between Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley. This is one of the all-time dream matches in the women's division, and it looks like it might be coming to fruition. Becky came out, and she said that she thinks Rhea might be better than her, but Lynch needs to prove that Ripley's not. Mommy seemed amused, and she welcomed the challenge, and she even said, I'll see you at WrestleMania. So do we think Becky wins the Rumble and then goes on to fight Rhea Ripley at Mania because of this promo date? I got to throw this out there. This doesn't make sense. Why is Becky making a huge promo when she just lost to Nia Jax? We are pushing Nia Jax, but now we're going to have a promo with Becky Lynch? I loved the promo. Don't get me wrong. I thought it was great. Just makes zero sense to me. Nate, I got a couple words for you. You took the words right out of my mouth. She just got beat by Nia, and she's coming out all tough and this and that. I absolutely agree with Nate Dogg 100%. Rhea Ripley and Becky Lynch might happen, but it's not the most... Who made this comment not too long ago? Colossal. It's not the most colossal oh, event. So wrong. She just got beat by Nia. She, not, not, not disqualified. Not count out. One, two, three. Pen. I think that this makes so much sense. Becky Lynch is coming off a huge loss to Nia Jax. She's questioning whether or not she can be the top women's wrestler. And she said that to Ripley's face. But then she said she's going to prove that she still is that woman, winning the Royal Rumble, and then going on to WrestleMania. It makes perfect sense. And they're fucking drawing the feud out between Nia and Ripley till Australia. We know that's going to happen. Oh, I just lost to Nia Jax, so I'm just going to call out the champ. How does that make sense, Anthony? Because she needs to prove that she can still be the best. She's losing her self-confidence. That's why. Usually when you lose a match, you usually go at the end of the totem pole. She's not getting a championship match. She just spoke. If she would have beat Nia, then she can come out with her chest out and bragging. But she got beat by Nia. I didn't really like the promo. So I didn't buy it. You just got pinned. Shut the fuck up. Next. Agreed, 100%. We're right, you're wrong. Next! If you guys don't like it, I understand. But, fuck you. Uh, it's not that I don't like the story. It just didn't make sense to me. It, okay, before. fine. Whatever. We're moving on. Let's talk about the Women's Royal Rumble match itself. Other than Becky, who do we think has a chance to win that match? Maya Jax! She just beat Becky. We already think she's going to be fighting at Elimination Chamber. But she's in the Rumble. You just asked, who's, who do you think can win the Rumble? Now, is Nia in the Rumble? Yes. She can win it. But not if the plan is for her to fight at Elimination Chamber. Oh, I forgot. You got that writer's job again at WWE. Damn, I got to fucking stop overthinking this. I should just check with you before I talk. Okay, fine. Fair enough. Who else do we think could win? Yeah, I was thinking Bailey. Um, I was also thinking, why not Asuka? I feel like she's more of like the third member of Damage Control right now. Or, or what's your name? Kyrie Sane. You think Kyrie Sane is going to win I the don't, but I but like... What about Bianca Belair? Eh, no, I don't see her winning. You think Kyrie Sane has a better shot of winning than Bianca Belair? Yes. You are high as a motherfucking kite. I'm not denying that. I got a little surprise who I think could possibly win the Rumble. Who are you thinking? Jade Cargill. 
Okay, I like that. That's not bad. That'd be a hell of a way to debut. She's a sleeper. I do think she's going to debut. I think she's going to be like number 22. I think she might be in like the final four. I don't think she wins it. I would love to see Trish Stratus come back and win the Rumble. I was thinking that, but I didn't want to say that. I thought that'd be a stupid answer. No, just uh, let it fly. If you got anything I, else. I agree. I think Trish Stratus coming back winning. I, I think that would be cool. Plus, we don't have Charlotte. You need a little star power. I would also love to see if AJ Lee returned. That would be great. Oh, AJ Lee would be a good one. I think you're going to see a lot of returnees or a lot of fresh faces in the women's division in the Rumble. But I feel like we say that every year, and every year we get disappointed. It definitely seems like they've been hyping the men's Rumble up more than the women's. So hopefully that changes in the next couple of weeks. But let's move on and let's talk about Judgment Day's B team. Dominic Mysterio, and J.D. McDonough. J.D.'s not even part of Judgment Day. What are you talking about? <laughs> they lost to DIY in the night's first match. Uh, they got a lot of time to work with. It was pretty entertaining. And I, I think, Nathan, you and I can agree that Tommaso and Gargano have to be next up for a title opportunity. Yeah, and I would like it to be at the Rumble. I would love that at the Rumble. I think that would be a great Rumble match. I think that would be a great leadoff Rumble match. I got to disagree. I don't think it's a Rumble match. I think it's Monday Night Raw after the Rumble match. We shall see, but it seems like it's definitely incoming. So let's go ahead, leave that there. And we're going to talk next about Gunther, the leader of Imperium, returned and talked about winning the Royal Rumble before praising Ludwig Kaiser for assaulting Kofi Kingston a week ago. The two even hugged in what I found to be a pretty entertaining moment. Were you entertained seeing Gunther hug someone? No, I hate Gunther. I mean, I love Gunther, but I hate Gunther. It's a love-hate relationship. I called this two weeks ago about Gunther, how he's going to handle Ludwig Kaiser after what he did to Kofi Kingston. He absolutely loved it. He praised Kaiser. Kaiser's back in his good grace. And how cool is Gunther? He comes out in all black. He's just intimidating looking. And yeah, he's a new dad, too. Congratulations, Gunther. Ludwig is so funny because he's this tough mafioso guy. But as soon as Gunther opened his arms, he was like a little puppy dog on uh, Gunther's <laughs> chest. So I think that their dynamic is very fun. And the power struggle is going to be something that WWE could build upon at any given moment. Let's talk about the match that preceded that moment because Xavier Woods... Kofi Kingston's ally came out and he made his return and he fought Ludwig Kaiser to a disqualification after Woods hit Kaiser with a chair. Then, backstage, Kaiser, who was upset, attacked Woods until Jay Uso made the save. So, Nate, where do you see this New Day, Jay Uso, Imperium storyline going? Maybe a six-man tag match. Maybe, maybe Jay Uso is the person to finally take down Gunther in his reign. I think there's multiple ways you could go with this, but... Uh... Yeah, I mean, I love Gunther, just what he does in the ring, his promo and everything. But, dude, the guy's a fucking ass. I hate him. Why is he an ass? He just thinks he's better than everyone. He is better than everyone. Okay, you could be better than everyone, but not be an ass about it. You know how professional wrestling works, right? I, no, I do, all right? And they're doing a great job because I love him, but I fucking hate him. That's what he wants. He wants the Americans to hate him. So he's doing a great job. I love Gunther. I think he's the ultimate heel in the company. Gunther's going to win the Rumble. And then he's going to relinquish his title. Oh. And they'll have a big tournament for his vacated title. And Gunther goes after Roman Reigns. That's the next step for Gunther. Absolutely. I'd love to see that. 
I don't think you could relinquish a title when you have such a historic reign. Like Samoa what, Joe did it with the ROH wait, Television wait, wait, Championship. Wait, oh, excuse me. We're talking about the ROH Television Championship, not the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Nate Dogg, it doesn't Shout matter. Shout out Wheeler Yuta. Nate Dogg, it I doesn't matter. I fucking hate Wheeler Yuta. I know. Why are you shouting him out? Because he's the current ROH uh, Television Champion. Oh, who gives a fuck? If he relinquishes his title to go after the WWE World Championship title that Roman Reigns has held for 1,300-plus days, that is the move. Someone has to pin him. I think that's how you have to end this historic title reign, not just by him saying, I'm winning a Rumble, I'm going after Roman Reigns, so I don't need the Intercontinental Championship anymore. I just think that'd be a, a, a stupid move on WWE's part. I agree with Nathan. I like the idea of pushing Gunther to the moon, but he honors and respects and loves that Intercontinental Championship because of everything he's done with it. So to have him relinquish it a la Samoa Joe ROH title just doesn't seem appropriate. Do you think anybody's going to take that belt off of Gunther? I've been calling it for months now. Dragunov. He's the one who beat Walter, who was Gunther in NXT. I believe it was NXT UK. He was Walter, who had a similar historic run. Two years, something like that. Two years. Dragunov is the one who stopped that reign and defeated him. So I think make it full circle again. We're going to have this happen. I don't know when, but I think eventually when Gunther finally loses, it will be to Dragunov again. There you go. What about this twist? Gunther's in the rumble. He's eliminating people. Then somebody comes in and gets rid of Gunther. Brock Lesnar. How fun would that be to see Lesnar versus Gunther? Because... Now Gunther keeps his title, and you put him over by beating Lesnar. I, I agree with you, but I think it's reverse. I think Gunther eliminates Lesnar. No, because if he eliminates Lesnar, that's not you have no story there going forward. What are you forward. talking about? He eliminated Lesnar. He- Lesnar wants revenge. Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't you want to see Lesnar eliminate Gunther and it sets up the storyline? Have those guys ever fought before? They've never fought. They had a stare down at the Royal Rumble last year. It's a dream match that fans have been begging for, and there is a report Lesnar is due back soon. We're probably going to see him at the Royal Rumble. I would love to see that. I love Lesnar, but WWE, I feel like, doesn't need him right now. WWE doesn't need anyone. They benefit from having bigger fucking superstars on their marquee. Brock Lesnar is a draw. You buy a ticket to see Brock Lesnar. So if you have him, it only makes your show better, but they don't need him. They have so many talented people in the back that they could get away with not having him. They'll still make tons and tons of money, but he's going to bring more money in. Brock Lesnar right now is needed by anyone backstage that WWE wants to elevate. And Lesnar takes a pin from someone that would only elevate that person higher. That's where Brock Lesnar is in his career right now. He's not going to win a title again, maybe down the road, but I don't see it. But he's going to be putting a lot of guys over to make them higher. So I think he's absolutely needed. Well said, and I think we leave that there. So let's just clean up the rest of the show. A couple of miscellaneous things that happened. So we had two women's tag team matches. Oh. Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell defeated. Can I get a bathroom break? Yeah, sure, if you got to right. go for it. No, uh, yeah, because my stomach all of a sudden has got gurgling and I'm upset. Uh, I think I'm going to get diarrhea if I got to talk about uh, this. Uh, Nate's over there. He's throwing up. You want the bucket? I got the yeah, bucket. Yeah, can I get the bucket? Let me get Nate that? in the Do bucket. We, we got to really talk about this. This is terrible bad. matches. I could pre-record this. The women's tag team division <laughs> sucks. <laughs> 
Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell defeated Chelsea Green and Piper Niven. And Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark beat Natalia and Tegan Knox. I'm assuming by both of your reactions, neither of these teams do anything for you. Who? The whole women's tag team division on Raw right now is atrocious. And I keep saying two words, but nobody wants to listen from WWE. Sasha and Naomi. Bring them back. That would be awesome. Why are you whispering? <laughs> because this this is crap. Chelsea Green and Piper Niven were champions, and they're losing to Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell? What is going on? What are we doing? They were the tag champs, what, two, three weeks ago? Ugh, that's what I have to say. Probably one of the better tag teams in the division is Chelsea Green and Piper Nevin. And WWE is burying them. Can you explain to me why they're burying them like this? They're trying to elevate other teams right, right It's now. not working. I'm sorry. You're elevating who? Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell? I think the team they're trying to elevate the most at the moment is Baszler and Stark. They just beat Natalia and Tegan Knox twice in the span of two weeks. Why do we need another match like that? We they, don't. Exactly. Maybe if you had them beat Chelsea Green and Piper Niven, maybe then it would be making sense. And maybe I wouldn't make any throw-up noises because this is garbage. I think we're going to leave that there. I, I'm sorry to the women's division. We just are not accepting. No, no, not the women's division. The women's tag team division. I'm sorry, women's tag team division. We no, are... no, don't be sorry. They fucking suck. Okay, I'm not sorry. We're going to move on, and we're going to talk about the last match. Akira Tozawa versus Ivar. Oh, the... great match. <laughs> this was a shocking match because Ivar, who, I don't know, is three times the size, maybe four times the size of Akira Tozawa, Lost. Can we talk about the, the main, the main thing in this match? Maxine Dupree, man. Oh, she is beautiful. That was the, the point of the match. When she was distracting Ivar. Oh, it was great. WWE did a great job with their camera angles. Oh, beautiful job in the truck. Just magnifique. We need a close-up on that ass. Yeah, magnifique. Probably, if the main event wasn't so shocking, this was probably the match of the night. You're kidding me. Match him to the night. Because he's in love with Maxine Dupree. That's Wait, why. Hold on. Love Tazawa, too. Don't forget about Tazawa. I don't know. You got a little crush on Maxine Dupree. Oh, I, I love Maxine Dupree. She's Samantha, so are you listening? Uh, she probably isn't. I forgot to mention that uh, Ivar and Valhalla beat up Maxine and Tazawa after the match. And this led to a couple of matches next week. We're going to get Ivy Nile, who's friends with Maxine Dupree, versus Valhalla. And then Chad Gable versus Ivar. Either of those two matches excite you, Tony? I always love seeing Gable, so yeah, the Gable match against Ivar, I'm probably looking forward to. Um, I hope that Ivar takes another pin. How, how can Ivar beat Gable after what just happened to him? How does he take a pin to Tozawa is my question. He had been killing it for the last couple of weeks, and you killed all of his momentum. Chad Gable was great. He's, he's going to beat him. He's going to be a technical wrestler. He's going to say thank you to everyone in the crowd because he's going to put on a wonderful match, and he's going to... Get the one, two, three, baby. All right, we'll see. Alpha Academy. Let's go, baby. Let's ride. Let's ride. All right, so that was the January 16th edition of Monday Night Raw. That's it? I mean, that's it. We've been down here for about four days. Okay, you're right. But that's 14 all, takes. That's, that's all because of Anthony fucking up. Okay? We had to witness a nervous breakdown. I had my phone to call 911. I got nervous. I'm sorry. I right care. Okay. He's passionate. You're passionate. I'm passionate. I didn't know what to do. Thankfully, freaking our IT department, Tony, the father, came in handy. I did not see that coming. You stepping up. I had to bail my son out. I saw he was going off a cliff. You know, I didn't want to have a suicide son. 
Okay, okay. So that was the January 16th edition of Raw. What did you think of the show? Did you like it? Did you hate it? We want to know. You can reach out to us on X, Instagram, TikTok, at It's Real to Us, and we're over on YouTube at It's Real to Us 1. So, Nate, quick reaction. Raw, 1 out of 10. What do you give it? 7.5. Tony? I, I would have gave the show like a 9, but then I had to watch. I, I said I would have gave the show a 9, but then I had to watch the fucking two women's tag teams matches. So I knocked it down to a 7. I think that's a fair spot. I'm going to go 7. Uh, I'll give it an 8. That was Raw. Like I said, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back to close out the show. Hey, everyone. Today's episode is sponsored by Doing Nothing. Sometimes we don't want to work. Sometimes we don't want to hang out. And sometimes all we want to do is nothing. And believe it or not, that's okay. If you need a lazy day at home in bed, remember to treat yourself and that it's okay to be lazy once in a while. And while you're in bed, you can finish the rest of this podcast. So let's get to it. All right, so we are back and we're just talking about some extracurricular activity outside the WWE world. And specifically what I'm talking about is Dolph Ziggler and Dana Brooke showing up in TNA, the resurgence of TNA is on. And Jungle Boy, who is an AEW superstar, showed up in New Japan Wrestling and tore up his AEW contract. So, Nate, what do you think the most noteworthy thing out of all? It's got to be the Jungle Boy. So, wait, is he not in AEW now? He tore his contract up. Is it like New Japan work with AEW? Yes, so they like- do. So like This could be a work. I don't think it could be. I think it is a work. I love Jungle Boy, so I hope it's not a work. Whoa. Uh, excuse me. I hope it is a work. I like Jungle Boy too, but I'm I want to talk more about Dolph Ziggler because the show what, what off is he, What is he called in uh, TNA again? What, Nick what? Nemeth. You know his brother was in Iron Claw, right? I did not know that. Yeah, his brother's in Iron Claw. When are we gonna go see that fucking yeah, movie? Yeah, when are we? We when, gotta when do a podcast down in the on theaters? It. I got to watch it on HBO. This is it right now. We're going to say our next episode is going to be a movie review on Iron Claw. So before I go and send everybody on their merry way, did you guys want to talk about anything else I just mentioned with Ziggler, Brooke, Jungle Boy, anything else? I, I like Zig, so I'm glad he's back wrestling. He's always entertaining, and I'm, I'm glad he found a home. You know, I was kind of sad when that fucking Endeavor dumped him, but, you know, Devin's dumped a lot of people. So is TNA going to be a resurgence <laughs> Fuck you. <now? laughs> Smiling TNA at the ball. Is TNA going to have a resurgence now? I love TNA. Tits and ass, okay? 1981, across from the mall. That used to be TNA's strip joint. It was great in there. 1980, that was the TNA. That was okay. the strip bar. Tony, we're, we're not to. talking about your... That brings back memories, okay? We're not talking about the TNA strip bar you used to go to in your youth. We're talking about the resurgence of total, nonstop action wrestling. I don't know if they're back back, but Dolph Ziggler definitely helps. I do not think Dana Brooke moves the needle at all, though. Actually, it's also uh, noteworthy to say Naomi, she dropped the... Uh, yes, I did see that. The women's title. I think you'll see her at the Rumble. So I heard that, too, that she, she's actually going to be signed. Very soon in WWE, Naomi, but not Sasha Banks. I think Sasha's going to be number 30. That would be awesome. And you want to know what? We were talking about uh, credible winners. Naomi and Sasha, or Monet, whatever, uh, Mercedes, whatever she wants to go by, they both could win if they returned. And not for nothing, they were the champs. They never lost. The titles were stripped. So they're still officially the champs. We talk about the women's tag team division. Because we hate it. We want it to get better. Yeah, I agreed 100%. We talk about it so much because we hate it so much because we want it to be good. Because it can be gold. Okay. So hopefully they build towards being better. But I think for now, that is a good place to 
close up shop. Uh, Nathan, what's your favorite song? I'm going to buy you a drink. Ooh, wee. I'm going to take, take you home with me. I got money in the bank. Shorty, what you think about that? I'll be in the Grand Cadillac. We in the band like, ooh, 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 ooh. Who the hell sings that? T-Pain, baby. Who's T-Pain? No, T. T-Pain. All right, bye-bye, everyone. I don't think there are any rappers that are alive in their 40s. They usually get shot by them.